your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, for many, this time of year means leaving the past behind, focusing on what they may end up doing in 2023, and it might mean starting a job elsewhere. How you approach your manager to hand in your notice, what's the job market looking like at the moment, are just some of what we're going to chat with our panel of experts about now. And I'm joined in the studio by Graham Burns from CPL Recruitment, Gwen Layden from FRS Recruitment, and Damien McCarthy from HR Buddy is on the line. And you're all very welcome. Good morning to you. Morning, Joe. Morning. I suppose the first question, the obvious question maybe, Graham, is what's the scene like now at the beginning of 2023? Um, Well, I think you've uh, had a very accurate uh, summary there. Uh, It is the time of year where people will kind of think, okay, uh, where am I going? What sort of direction have I come from? And they they all think of, okay, maybe it's an opportunity to move on. Uh, I'd be very encouraged by what the scene is like. I think uh, there's plenty of demand across the job market in a variety of sectors. Um, I, I, I think it's maybe confidence in job seekers has slowed a little bit. Um, you know, continual stories of interest rates, inflation, energy prices, you know, definitely has had an effect into the last quarter of last year. Do you mean um, what we have, we hold? I think there's a, a bit of that going on, absolutely. So, you know, it's very much still an employee's market. It's harder for those employers to prize people out uh, and they just have to work a little bit harder uh, and be a little bit more creative. But the demand on an employer side is definitely there. And I'd be, I'd be you know, uh, quite upbeat despite maybe some of the talks of doom and gloom that uh, you do here in terms of the media. So onwards and upwards for 23. Right. And Gwen, you know, 21 and uh, 20 were just extraordinary years for obvious reasons with COVID and the feeling was there was a lot of racing to catch up in 2022 and some radical shifts in ways of working. Yeah, there certainly was. Um, We ourselves carried out a recent report and hybrid working with Zoom. Um, You know, people pivoted very quickly. You know, technology caught up. Um, I think it's obviously had its many benefits for well-being and all that good stuff. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it was a time of change, full stop. Mm. And did that happen within companies? I mean, did they change their ways of working because they realised we need to do this to retain people? Or was it more the pull of other companies that had done that? I think it was a mix. Um, Yes, you're ultra conscious now that there's a demand for for that uh, work-life balance, a hybrid setup. Um, Companies obviously had to do it as a result of COVID and then came out the other side and realised, you know what, this works for us. Productivity hasn't been affected. Um, You know, as as an outcome, outputs are now what's measured. And I think it's a must-do. Now, fully appreciate your manufacturing, you know, the roles that you have to be present for continues as is. But where you can deliver that flexibility, it's really important. If we look at the employer value proposition, people are looking for it. Do you know what I mean? It's, it, it's, it's needed. Right. Uh, and Damien McCarthy from HR Buddy, I mean, what are you seeing out there right now? 
Yeah, well, uh, very similar uh, to the guys there, uh, Joe, I suppose. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, the past 12 months have been quite crazy. So, you know, if you look at things like, I suppose, our COVID experiences and uh, where, you know, workers had an opportunity to switch to remote and hybrid and more flexible arrangements uh, with regards uh, to their work, that opened up the whole world and gave workers an opportunity. So an awful lot of workers are, of course, looking to explore those opportunities and keeping uh, their minds open. Uh, also a very tight labour market so as Graham mentioned there, you know, it is uh, was in 2022 an employees market and that continues right into 2023. So it's a lot more than just, you know, uh, I think a market looking around for new opportunities uh, which, you know, would have always traditionally happened in January anyway. Um, and I suppose, you know, there's an awful lot of external extremities as well within, you know, businesses and employment as well at the moment with regards to you know inflation, the war in Ukraine, uh, perhaps a looming uh, re- recession and so on. Yeah. Um, I because think presumably end- if you have a work record, you know, and you are apl- applying for a mortgage, it may not be the ideal time to change. Yeah, well, I suppose when it's an employee's market, Joe, there's opportunities there. So there's opportunities, uh, you know, there is a war uh, for talent. So uh, employers are on the lookout for talent and there is an opportunity perhaps, you know, uh, to increase your salary and so on. Um, so there, there's opportunities there for employees. But I think out at the back end of COVID, an awful lot of uh, people's motivations turn to, you know, their life work balance. Uh, and so on um, and, and that very definitely uh, mm-hmm. is a factor uh, in the market as well. Right and Gwen I mean have most companies settled on three days in the office two days working from home you know from the initial days of Covid when you know people were in, yeah, my, in, think... my, in my view stupidly suggesting that no one would ever come back into an office again yeah, I mean, like, I know. there was some mad stuff being talked at that yeah. stage which I think a lot have had to do with the collective mm-hmm. psychological difficulties we all had yeah, I think yeah, I think there's a happy balance right now. Some people are choosing to come back in. Um, you know, there's that argument around some managers would like to be see their employees to see what they're doing and the trust element then follows. Um, but I think yeah. Well, how does it follow? Does it follow or doesn't it follow? Well, it should follow because if the outputs are there, if the results are there, you know, you trust and empower your employees that they're doing what they say they do. Um, and that element is vital. But what for, if Johnny or Mary retention? is taking an extra five minutes drinking their coffee at home? Yeah, but that's the flexibility that you're giving because you're going to get it back in loyalty and tenure and, you know, not having to, to, to refill Mary's position a couple of months' time and pay more money for Mary. But there are a lot of people in management positions, on, still, maybe it's because the way they came up through the system themselves. Yeah who believe that they need to stand over someone's shoulder and yeah. you know, clock watch non-stop. But I, I think, Joe, that's a, a very significant change that's happening in the market now. Where What model or what terms of engagement you came from is, is changing all the time. Um, the number one request or ask of uh, ourselves when people come and say, thinking of a new job, What's the work from home policy? What's the flexibility in that? That's, in that's this particular the question role? that you get so asked. Really. You, you, you're yeah. gone from that nine to five, five day a week model 
to the opposite end of the scale, fully remote, fully flexible. And if productivity uh, is there, uh, organisations will generally back that. They're actually fighting against the tide of that flexibility curve. So there's that happy medium that they will try to uh, find. The engagement with the employee, particularly newer, younger employees, replacing that water cooler moment, replacing the conversation with colleagues, building a network, making the mistakes. They're trying so hard and being creative around that right. that changed engagement model. But Damien, I remember having a chat um, uh, with a colleague of mine over the last couple of months and I, I had noticed that I was getting emails from them, you know, late enough in the evening during the week, you know, nine or ten. And eventually I yeah. said to them, look, is that, I mean, is that sensible? And And they said that from their perspective and the way they live their lives they found that they could focus a bit better in that hour between 9 and 10 and that's why they were sending emails um, at that time. Yes, and I, I, I think our uh, communication and the timing of our communication with each other is very important on into the future and that's why I like to see, you know, down at the bottom of some organisations' uh, emails they might say things like, you know, please do not feel that you need to answer this email immediately and so on. So I think, uh, you know, with the complexities uh, inside in the flexibility of the future of work, uh, obviously there's a whole load of complications with regards to... With, with I think the, the biggest danger that a lot of people see with that Damien is that you will end up having you know no divide at all and that ultimately the way this will work out is you get flexibility on the surface but in reality you're expected to be at home at four o'clock in the morning on a conference call to San Francisco. Yeah, and there, there's an, there is going to be a huge challenge in that, and it's very important for organisations to clearly define this and set this out, uh, out as part of you know policies and procedures. And I think what an awful lot of uh, employees are looking for inside in their workplaces, I suppose, is clarity on these uh, on this type of thing, home and remote working and so on. For an awful lot of 2022, it's been kind of like you know answered a multiple choice question, uh, you, you know, uh, uh, remote working, hybrid working, or on site. And, you know, in my opinion, I'm strongly of the belief that it needs to be people-specific, person-specific. We can't let, uh, you know, big-name CEOs come out through the media and dictate whether work is in the office or whether it should be remote. Um, And I think we need to be very, very careful of that. And in particular for employers and organisations, they need to focus uh, on their people. And uh, everyone is different and people will change their minds. They yeah. will have different circumstances with regards oh, oh. to family life and so on. So I think that's very, very important. Okay. We're trying to Damien McCarthy from HR Body on the line and with us in the studio we have Graham Burns from CPL Recruitment and Gwen Layden from FRS Recruitment. So should you drop a pros and cons list if you are considering switching jobs? You know, the what works for you in your current role versus what you believe you want from another role. Yeah, that's one way to approach it. I suppose you've got to look and see what am I not getting from my current role? What's not fulfilling? You know, what's the desire for change? But change is good because you're bringing all of the experience you've had in your previous role to a new role. So yeah, sit down and say, okay, one versus the other. What do I have currently? What am I not getting currently? And, you know, there's a lot of choice out there at the moment. So it's a lovely opportunity now, new job, new career. Now is the time to have a look around. The market, the Midwest market is buoyant. Our friends, our colleagues in the IDA, Will and Fiona are doing a great job. The Midwest market is really strong right now. Um, so yeah, pros and cons mm. is a good way to start. Yeah, yeah. And, and within your current workplace, 
Graham, could you talk to managers about further opportunities, promotional opportunities, other things you might be looking for, or are you better off just going elsewhere, getting the job and throwing the notice on the table? Good luck, I'm out of here. Thanks very much. There's always a bit of that, Joe. Um, But I think that's where uh, I think Irish companies have really kind of focused in on the leadership aspects, where that trust and that relationship with the individual worker just just doesn't come up at end of year review and and a manager's kind of going well I didn't think that that's what was important to that individual. That's a whole process that you know we're looking as I said that model that engagement model in a in a remote working sense the manager is always trying to interpret their team and what makes that person tick and what's going to motivate them, what's not going to motivate them. And I think that uh, from an employee's perspective, they should always be using that one-to-one time, uh, that review time, uh, and there should be no shocks or surprises come come end of year where, you know, they handed a notice in and it's and it's all over. No, I, I probably have been braver in how I put this question when you were on the phone during COVID, Graham, but uh, because you're probably going to tell me I'm insulting your entire profession now, but does it all come down to moolah? People want more moolah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's shifted, to be perfectly honest with you. I think that, um, you know, I, I look at the organisations that are looking to attract talent. And yes, salary is a is a part of what they're looking at, but there's a package. So there's that flexibility, there's that sense of purpose, there's that development prospect of where the individual is going to be in two to three years' time. And the organisations that help map that out are the ones that are winning that, as we mentioned, that war on talent. So, yeah, moolah, as you described, Joe, is important. Not going to ever say it's not. Um, it's a significant factor, but uh, it's but one of four or five key components in so someone's uh, job consideration. So I don't think it's a case of at the start of the year, the pros, the cons. It's all year round. And it's a dynamic, ever-changing situation. Someone might say, well, you know, I don't have to commute, so I'll take four or five K less. Um, Or I am commuting, so I need four or five K more. So, you know, it's it's a complete individual uh, sort of situation. But salary, um, you know, we'd see people walk into a job and they'll, or an interview, and it's, first thing is, is salary immediately that employer is backing away going oh really okay, that person's nailed that's interesting so that's how mass. the yeah. that's how the employer might look at it right that's 100%. fascinating yeah 100%. okay okay um and, and damien you know notice is always interesting you know there seem to be three approaches to notice uh, people will give their notice and will work diligently up to the day that they leave um other yeah. people will give their notice and it's party 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 for the next 30 or 60 days and they really couldn't care less and then the vast yeah. majority are probably halfway between the through the two here well i suppose but i'm not burning my bridges entirely so i'll make some all effort yes yeah 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 and no, notice is always a funny one so uh, it's amazing uh, how many people aren't aware of what exactly uh, their notice period is uh, until they're, you know, uh, uh, leaving and, and going to a new and job. And someone says, where are you going? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and even sometimes maybe the employer is in the same situation. They're not quite sure what the notice period is uh, either. So it's very important for both parties to, uh, you know, check that at the start because notice periods, periods uh, are very important. Um, also, it is always nice, obviously, that they are run well, that the employee continues to work and, you know, can hand over perhaps to, you know, the person coming in after them and so on. That's when it goes well, but for... Uh, very often, that's not quite what happens. Because uh, there's a worry with regards to confidentiality inside the businesses and competition right. and so on. Yeah, so well, I, sorry, I just, just this, this competition thing is, is really fascinating to me um, because yeah. there there are all sorts of constitutional challenges 
around these exclusion clauses in contracts, Damien, aren't there? You know, this thing about you can't work for X for X period after you leave Y. I'm not just talking about confidential material. I'm actually talking about yeah. a bar on starting work, you know, gardening leave. But, you know, the, the, judges and courts seem to interpret this very differently case to case. Um, well, with regards to, you know, uh, competition and so on, uh, Joe, I suppose, um, when that's included inside in terms and conditions of uh, employment, uh, they're very definitely, very easily open uh, to challenge. Um, um, and I suppose the area is a bit grey, uh, definitely open to challenge, and you could say that perhaps some compete, non-compete clauses and so on that are inside in some employees' contracts, uh, you know, mightn't be worth uh, the paper they're written at. Because there's a constitutional um, but, right to work, isn't there, as well? Uh, yeah, absolutely, and, and you know, uh, an employer can't block someone else, uh, you, you know, from being employed, obviously. Uh, that is constitutionally wrong, but there is a huge challenge for employers, uh, I suppose, in protecting intellectual uh, property. Um, and uh, which has been accentuated further by home working because obviously the protections that you might have in an office around material isn't necessarily the case at home yeah, well, we go back five years ago, everything was under lock and key. Now it's out there on laptops uh, all over the country, perhaps, in homes and so on. So there's a huge challenge in this for organisations. Um, yeah, just, just to that point Greg is making there, I think uh, organisations have definitely positioned themselves very carefully from a remote working perspective that everything from a cyber perspective is is under lock and key. Um, and intellectual property, uh, particularly in the software and tech uh, game, is something that uh, organisations are so so careful over um, but to, to the point of moving job and uh, that old sort of starvation clause if you like you can't stop someone from working uh, it's really hard to actually enforce those uh, contractual terms at the end of the day unless it's something above and beyond um, you know very specific uh, and um, Gwen I mean what would you say um, you know, there's often a cynical view around um, the care and consideration emails that go around. You know, um, the, the big corporates especially are, are good at it, depending on your perspective. But that there's a, a view among you know, some employees that this is simply box ticking, that this isn't really caring about the individual and about the culture at its root. Yeah, I suppose well-being is a, it's a very important topic these days. And yeah, there can be an element of box ticking, but I suppose it's it's down to the company culture then to bring it to a further level. Something on a page or on an email is one element, but then to really incorporate into the company culture and allow that space for well-being. Yeah, it's a difficult one right now. One thing I would say in terms of that is, uh, as an employee lean into those well-being initiatives. Use them. Take part. You will soon very quickly find out the authenticity of that particular program and how genuine and real that effort is well, to I get you, that I mean, for example, And I'm only asking this question because you did talk to us on the air about your, your own health challenges, mm. for example. I mean, suddenly it, it was front and centre for you, wasn't it? 100%. And uh, when I went back to work, um, you know, there was a, uh, a resistance in terms of leaning into those sort of workplace well-being initiatives. But once I did and once I kind of uh, unlocked that door, the amount of genuine goodwill and engagement that comes back the other side seriously, uh, uh, you know, one of those switch the light bulb on moments and thought, hold on a second, if you really get in behind these initiatives and if there's any depth to them and they're genuine, 
you'll you'll be rewarded in spades. And, and when you talk to people, you know, privately, mm. when they have directly experienced it, often that is exactly how they end up feeling themselves. Uh, uh, it's quite a positive experience. Uh, 100%. Absolutely 100%. Um, I did a, a, a seminar on men's health within CPL there uh, prior to Christmas. And, um, you know, it got great coverage internally. And, you know, suddenly people were calling me afterwards saying, oh, I wish I'd have said something there or I wish I'd engaged better. And therein lies the uh, lies the challenge for that employee. Right. So um, it could be a year of change for somebody. They may end up looking at all their options and deciding for various reasons, actually, for the moment, I, I, I'll stay where I am and I'll see if I can develop further. But for a lot, because of the mobility that we're talking about, it will be about movement, Gwen. Yeah, no, I think this year will be about movement. Yet yeah, there's a little bit of reluctance maybe initially in the market, but I'm very confident there's still pent-up demand. There's a lot of high, highly skilled roles that still need is to be Is that just in some sectors or...? Well, personally, our sector, my sector is life science and technical so engineering. Very, so that's very so strong. So it's a very buoyant marketplace, yeah. absolutely. But I mean, if I look at our other sectors, our commercial or IT, still very buoyant. We have a very buoyant healthcare desk. So look, I, I, right now, it, it, it's very busy. And what about recruitment? Are there loads of jobs in recruitment? Oh, Joe. No, I might be knocking on the door yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You, know, you have my number. Um, so <laughs> don't be shy. <laughs> Um, no, it, it, you know, it's an industry that has, over the last uh, three to four years, has, has really taken on, uh, you know, a whole science of its own. Um, the technology behind it, uh, the development prospects, how your client companies want to engage with you. It, you know, gone are the days of place the advert in the paper and hope for the best. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a little bit more uh, predictive than that. All right. No, I was going to say something about you, <laughs> <laughs> we keep that for off Listen, listen, thank you very much. Really interesting discussion. I think it probably set a lot of people thinking in January 2023. And obviously we'll talk to all of you as the year progresses as well. We very much appreciate your time. Great to have people in studio. Gwen Layden from FRS Recruitment and Graham Burns from CPL Recruitment and Damien McCarthy from HR Buddy on the line. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nett on Live 95.